right, Rob, thank you for coming back here to my apartment. It's the least I could do for you helping me move in here. So I got pizza and I got some sodas. Mm, and I do like your new place, man. It looks like the uh, the house that they filmed House in, actually. It's pretty awesome. Well, I never thought about that. Just as long as I don't find like any like, you know, those like curly William cat pubic hairs in my shower, because that would make me vomit. Yeah, I wouldn't want to find that either. Yeah, but... I don't want I don't want to find any of those. Why do we only have sodas, though? Where's the beer at? Well, listen. Okay, so there's a purpose to my madness. Okay. Okay, so in, let, so hang on. So this box, let me, okay, so this box. Mm-hmm. I found this box in my bedroom, okay? There's nothing but, like, cans of Aquanet and a bunch of White Snake CDs and this Ouija board, okay? So uh, I... Let me stop you right there. I don't okay. think you should be saying uh, Ouija board because that's copyrighted, so maybe you should call it something else. Oh yeah, we don't wanna get in trouble with like anyone that owns the, the rights to that. So we'll just call it like a witch board. Okay? Yeah, let's, let's so call anyway, it that. Yeah, so if we're gonna work on this witch board together, we've gotta to be like clean. And so you don't wanna have like any alcohol or like, you know, you, you don't wanna be smoking beforehand or anything. So that's the whole purpose of the soda. So otherwise I would have given you a beer, okay? Okay, so, so is it clean like just, um, you know, I can still have dirty thoughts and everything? Oh yeah, there's no stopping you from that. <laughs> okay. Because I'm okay. thinking something right now that you don't want to know about. Okay. <laughs> Perfect. So, yeah. all right, good. Okay, so we got to sit knee to knee, all right? And then we're going to hold the planchette and that's this little like heart-shaped thingy here that comes along with it. Luckily, they left it, okay? Mm-hmm. And then, oh, I know I can't say it, but the name that we can't say anymore and we're using the word witchboard, it's actually derived from, uh, it's uh, French and German and the French word is we and the second word is ja, and they both mean hello in French and in German, but we're not going to say it anymore. But I just wanted you to know that because I thought it was kind of cool. Oh, wow. Interesting. I know. I've been doing my research. So it's All like right. a it's like a telephone, like, hello, hello. Exactly. Exactly. Like old school texting, kind of. All right. So first of all, we've got to kind of get in touch with the spirit. All right. So we're going to put our hands on the planchette and we're going to just kind of ask the spirit its name. But whatever you do, don't let go of the planchette. Otherwise, this- something bad will happen. This wood feels really weird. I know. I've named it Kate. It's Kate Planchette. Kate Planchette. Okay. <laughs> All right. Okay. All right. So look, so it's going to, ooh, we got an A. A. So it's sliding over to the B. And now we got E. So is your name Abe? Yes. Ooh, see, it's working. Oh, Abe. Hello there, Abe. Ooh, Abe. I hope he's honest. All right, so still moving. All right, do you have any questions you want to ask it? Uh, yeah, I want to ask. Well, no, not. I, I don't think I want to ask that. Um, <laughs> You're afraid of the answer, aren't you? Yeah. Will Gary Coleman ever know what Willis is talking about? Uh, uh, no, it mm-hmm. looks like a most definite no. No. All right. Hmm. All right. Can I try? Yeah, yeah, go for it. All right. I think I know the answer to this, but I just want to see. Does anyone really like Gwyneth Paltrow? Oh, right to the no. See, I knew that. I knew it. I knew it. <laughs> oh, right. man. You want to go again? Um, Let's see. I wonder what else to ask. Like, is does your last name begin with a V? Oh, my gosh. Sure enough. Yes. Wow. Ooh. Look at that. Interesting. Hmm. All right. Let's see here. Um, ooh, will our hair ever return, Rob? Oh no. No. Okay. Damn. I don't like I don't like Abe very much at all. As Wishful it is. thinking. Wait, what mm-hmm. what's going on? The board is getting all weird. It's doing like this figure eight thing. 
Oh, okay. Wait a minute. What's it? Hmm. Well, I want to know. Will Abe? Will we ever actually see you? Like physically see you? Hmm. Ooh. Ooh. Oh, wait. See. Okay. You, so letter. Uh. Ooh. See you. And see you. And where's this going, Rob? All right. I will see you in. Uh. Oh. H. Oh. Thank God. Okay. <sighs> H. E. L. C U N C U N Oh C U in hell? Is is that what? what? Is that what it's saying? C U in hell? I do not like this, Rob. Don't like this at all. Why did the room just get dark? I don't know. I don't like it at all. Let's get out of here. Ah! Are you here? Can you hear me? It began at a party. It was only a game. David, will you return to the living one day? Bullshit. Careful, Jim, you're upsetting David. David, are you all right? Yeah, he's all right. He's just a little dead, that's all. Shut up, Jim! What's he gonna do, haunt me? Hello, Linda, this is Brandon. I just realized I left my Ouija there the other night. I'm having some friends over Sunday and they want to use it. Besides, I want to contact David and see if he's calmed down yet. David, are you here? Are you still angry at Jim? David, where are you? Man, don't tell me you brought that crap with Brandon and Edward. Oh, please. Boy, David, you should know how to hold a grudge, don't you? David? I want to bring a medium by your apartment as soon as possible to exercise the spirit. Okay, let's talk to some ghosts. David, where are you? You! Did you cause that accident at the site? David, don't lie to me. When someone uses a Ouija alone, like Linda, She's very susceptible to the spirits she contacts. And the wrong spirit will take advantage of this. Pretty soon, all she wants to do is use the board. And once that's done, he's able to possess her. Linda has made contact. Linda, unlock the door. David is here. And he's playing for real. It isn't a game anymore. Witchboard. Don't play it alone. All right, all you Midnight Mask creature casters out there. Apparently, you've stuck around uh, from the trailer, for the trailer. And now we're going to be talking about Witchboard from 1986. Yeah, because we can't call it. The other name that no, we cannot. We will say. be seen in court by the people who own it. I think it's Milton Bradley, actually. Milton Bradley or Parker Brothers, one of those companies. Yeah, someone something. like that. Exactly. Yeah, some some big company that wants more money from us because we're rolling in the dough. Yeah. Surprisingly <laughs> enough, um, this goes back to when I was doing a show with Bobby Anthem, The Inhuman Experience, and we actually did an episode on the Ouija board, and. Um, how these, I think it was these two sisters, I believe they, 
secured the patent for the Ouija board and communications with like the spirit world. And, and now you can jump in if, if what I'm saying is incorrect, but I believe like the whole spiritualism and spirit, spiritualist movement, it wasn't really um, a negative thing back when it first started. Like people, it would almost be like a card game. People would get together and do these kind of things for fun. It wasn't necessarily, it didn't have that whole like demonic connotation in the beginning. Yeah, no, I think that was uh, later put in by like a bunch of scared uh, church people maybe. Actually, I think a lot of people kind of draw a line right to the exorcist. That's kind of when it got that connotation of the evil part of it. Oh, like during that whole era of the satanic panic? Yeah, well, like, yeah. And they actually blame the film a a lot of people. Yeah, actually, they say the film because uh, at one point she she says she found the board and she's been playing with it. Oh, yeah, Yeah. because, okay, yeah, that, that makes sense now. Yeah. Yeah. Just imagine how different it would have been if she had found Candyland and then became possessed. <laughs> that would be more terrifying, I think. <laughs> I think it would too. But anyway, so we are doing Witchboard, and this one was my pick. Um, now, Rob, when did you first see this one? Ooh, that's a toughie because I didn't see this in the 80s when it had come out. So I believe it might have been mid-90s when I was, you know, one of my rental sprees through Blockbuster Video, mm-hmm. uh, just going through the horror wall and just picking everything up that had a, you know, ominous looking cover and, you know, really cool shit. Because, hey, I'm one of those people who judge movies by their cover art. Oh, you know what we all are. I mean, I remember like getting some really awful things and you're like, this looks so cool, but what happened? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. 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 So yeah, I would probably say maybe 95, 96 is when I first saw this. Okay. I can't actually tell you when I first saw it. I want to say I caught it like on um, TV, like a cable channel. Sometime I was just flipping around and there it was. I just kind of seeped into my existence. I wasn't really seeking it out. Just all of a sudden you got witchboard. Mm. Um, yeah. And I just remember like Tawny Keaton, I think I was saying her name, right? But uh, she, I, I knew her from like other things, but everyone else in the movie, I really didn't know. Oh, besides her landlady, I knew Rosemary. Um, yeah, we'll I think the landlady was the only one who looked familiar to me at that time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the, like the other, like the gentleman and no one else really I knew in the, the film whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Um, so are you okay if I jump into the um, people behind the film real quick? Totally fine with it. Let's go. All right. So Kevin S. Tenney, T-E-N-N-E-Y, is the director. Now, he brought us Night of the Demons from 88. Oh, really? He did. Nice. Now, he he brought us The Cellar from the same year. Did you ever see The Cellar? No, that doesn't ring a bell. That might be one we want to cover, like, way down the line. Uh, And then he brought us, not to be confused with Witchboard, but he brought us Witch Trap from 89. Witch Trap, also one mm-hmm. that I had not seen. Okay. Oh, okay. It's fun for what it is. Um, Vinegar Syndrome, I believe, uh, released it on Blu-ray uh, like a couple years ago. And then now tell me you've seen Witchboard 2 from 93. No, unfortunately not. Okay. It's a treat. I'm going to make you watch that at some point in time. <laughs> it's so goofy. It's so goofy. Uh. Yeah. So that's our director. Those are the only things I really knew that he had done that I would recommend you guys seeking out and watching. Um, and now you're a fan of Night of the Demons, aren't you? Oh, definitely. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. With Linnea Quigley. Even though it takes forever to, to get to the, to the good stuff, you know, it's, uh, you're still scarred by that. (laughs) (laughs) 
yeah, so that is uh, the director. Um, there's not a large cast, really. It's fairly small. Um, it kind of focuses on Linda Brewster, who's played by Tawny Caton. Um, I think it's Caton. It's Tawny. Okay. Um, now, I, I'm pretty sure you probably know her from like lots of music videos. Am I correct on that one? Most likely, yeah. Especially the the White Snake music video that she's well, most famous for. Yeah, and what's weird? Well, she did one video for Rat, and the rest were all White Snake. Um, are you a Rat fan? I am. Yeah. Are you really? Oh, that's awesome. Okay. Yeah. So anyway, but what's weird is she played the same character, and even the Rat video, all of them, she played the same character. I didn't know that until I was looking it up. Really? See, she, I never paid attention to like what if there were any characters in music videos. You know, aside from the Thriller music video, um, yeah. it was kind of all just more focused on the music and like if somebody did something really bizarre in the video then i would remember it but other than that not really yeah no i thought that was fascinating her character was woman her character was woman <laughs> yeah <laughs> she's just credited as woman she was hot girl number uh one <laughs> right right but she did like a ton of like i said she did the one for rap but she did like a ton of white snake one there was like uh still of the night here i go again is this love Fool for Your Loving version two. So I guess there's two versions, one without her and one with. Um, and then The Deeper the Love from 90 was, it looks like the last one she starred in for White Snake. Interesting. You know, mm -hmm. I could never get into White Snake. I mean, of course, like hearing Here I Go Again for the bazillionth time, oh, it kind of yeah. just etches itself into your brain. But I was much more a fan of Rat than I was of White Snake. Now, I'm going to be honest with you, the only two White Snakes, and like you said, it was like drilled into your head, you couldn't get away from it. The only two White Snake songs I really am familiar with is Here I Go Again and Is This Love. I remember that one, too. Yeah, kind of Is This Love, it just barely memorable to me. Mm -hmm. But yeah, yeah, I was not a big White Snake fan. Now, this did not hit me until I was doing my notes for this. Is White Snake like a euphemism for like a penis, or is it just White Snake? Were they being like, Trying to be filthy and get away with something? It doesn't seem like it to me. Okay, I, mean, I didn't know. I'm like, am I just like, you know, <laughs> slow to the party and I'm the last one to figure out they were being nasty the whole time? Yeah, I don't think so. I think it was supposed to be like a a badass name. You know, it's like a white snake. That's really cool. Like, you know, it's okay. All right. maybe that's a dragon, a like a white snake would be a dragon or something. I don't know. That's okay. just my thing. All right. That's just where my mind went then. Okay, so that's part of the course. It's a white dick. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> exactly. And then opening up for them will be like Black Lion or something like that. <laughs> I don't know. Black Mamba. Um, Black Mamba. Exactly. Exactly. Right. Um, now, have you ever seen any of her films besides Witchboard? Uh, I, I might have. I probably have. Okay, so the one and only film that I really know of by her, and I've seen it multiple times, it's called The Perils, the Perils of Gwendolyn in the Land of the Yik Yak. It's based on, I believe, a French adult cartoon, hmm. and it's got lots of flesh in it. Okay, have reason, never seen that, no. Yeah, the reason I love it is because there's an actor named Brent Huff, and he's got lots of flesh, too, for, for, for Fat Mark. But yeah, I love that one. 
Okay. Uh, so, yeah, I did see Bachelor Party in from 1984. Oh yeah, she was in that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, that's the only thing that I'm familiar with. But like fans of Tawny, if you've not seen The Perils of Gwendolyn, you need to check that one out. It's it's well worth a watch. It's and not well, a good movie, but you know, <laughs> if you're looking for certain things, it'll be there for you. And while we're on the subject of Tawny, um, I had just recently found out while I was looking through, um, you know, this some of the trivia that she was dating O.J. Simpson at the time. I did not know that until this morning. Walter told me that and I was like, what? That, that, is like, that just... freaked me out. <laughs> Man, that that's... I know he was telling me that, and I like actually skidded a little bit on the top of the car when he told me because I was writhing around, <laughs> and again I forgot my underwear <laughs> underneath my white dress, and I like I did a double take, and my wig almost fell off. I'm like, what? <laughs> but anyway, no way. She no way. She, she was she was listening to Black Mamba too. Oh, you know she was. Oh, you know she was. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder how long that lasted. The relationship, you know, was it like ongoing or is it just like they dated like, cause you know, like the papers will report anything. So was it like, like a hot and heavy thing or they like saw each other two times and that was it, you know? Yeah. Like, did they go out on a single date and have sex and <laughs> <laughs> you know, that kind of thing? Um, honestly, like I said, I'm not very familiar with her, so I don't know the history. I just mm-hmm. read in the trivia, oh, that she dated OJ Simpson. Okay. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. yeah. I remember back, it was probably more the 70s, but it was a big deal for everybody to date Gene Simmons. Like he dated everybody, it seemed like, like Diana Ross and Cher. And like he was just dating all over the place. And I think, are you really dating or they just found you together and took a photo and all of a sudden you have a relationship? Probably, yeah. But Gene Mm -hmm. Simmons, uh, he was like uh, notorious for betting a lot of women. So Yeah, yeah. Kind of like Ric Flair, you know? Yes, exactly. Or uh, who is it? The the hedgehog, Ron Jeremy. Yeah, well, Ron, well, because <laughs> he was paid to do that, you know. Uh, but I'm right. sure he would have done it regardless of being paid. I am or sure not, too. But... There's not a doubt in my mind. Exactly. <laughs> well, anyway, and then so in the movie, um, uh, Linda is throwing a party, and it's a little get together, and it's not going quite how she planned. She made the mistake of inviting an ex-boyfriend there, mm-hmm. and that's Brandon. And Brandon is uh, Brandon Sinclair, and he's played by Stephen Nichols. So I know what you're going to do to me before I do this, but I'm going to say it anyway. He was in House from 1985, and he played Scott. But for the life of me, I don't know who that character is. Do you? No idea. Okay, me either. But I, I, I was afraid you were going to say, like, who was he? So he was Scott. I know that much, but I can't remember who that was in house. But now probably way more people are going to recognize him. He was on general hospital for like 75 episodes. So he's a big soap star, but here, Oh, the actor, did I say his name? Stefan Nichols. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, Here though, he's just a, I think a giant, what would you call him? A big douche. Oh, thank you. I was going to say Dick. So we covered both D words. Yeah. He's just (laughs) awful. I think. Yeah. He's he's like those, um, uh, I'm thinking of a, the Scooby-Doo character, Fred, like, you know, he's all dressed up like a prep and he's just like big, a real douchey guy. And he's got like the red car. What was it like a Porsche or a Corvette yeah, or something? Mr. Attitude and he's bringing it. And he's, yeah, yeah, I just I was not a fan from the beginning. No, no, definitely a douche. Yeah, because what he's doing. Well, he's OK. So there's a couple of things. So he's he's antagonizing this other gentleman named Jim. 
And that's Tawny. I'm going to call her Tawny, but it's Linda. That's Linda's current boyfriend that she's actually living with. And he's just being horrible to him. And at first, we're not really quite sure why, other than just to be a, a, a dick, a douche, like you were saying. Yeah, that's um, what I thought. Exactly. Now, real quick, Jim is played by Todd Allen, and he was in uh, Mask from 85. And I have to talk about that because it had Cher in it. And then um, he did two episodes of that TV show, Freddy's Nightmares. Okay. Mm-hmm. And he appeared in Witchboard 2, but not as the same character. He was just a garbage man in that <laughs> one. Witchboard 2, Electric Boogaloo. Exactly. And then he was in uh, Quentin Tarantino's uh, Django Unchained from 2012. What, one of the best movies of the 2012s, by the way. Mm-hmm, exactly. But anyway, so he's you know still got an acting career going around. But that's Jim. And so basically what's going on is the tension is being brought up because Jim is dating Linda, but come to find out that Linda had been de- dating Brandon prior to her relationship with Jim. So Brandon's being all like, dickish to jim at the party yeah and but not only that but he's just like the, the way that the movie started he's such a know-it-all he's like um what was he talking like uh thea like uh on here i've got it like a theosophic discussion about divine intervention and uh you know the mankind just kind of evolving through divine intervention basically Oh yeah, he's all, yeah. He he's just like, seems like the, he knows high everything. Highbrow. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um, and so you know, he's also making jabs at Jim, and you know, insinuating like he's an alcoholic, and you know, just about like kind of his like you know like your father was that way and you are too, and he's just really being horrible. Mm-hmm. But it seems to me though that Linda is standing up more for Brandon than she is Jim. Like she's getting all mad at Jim. Like he's ruining the party. I'm like, well, it really seems like Brandon's the one who's like being the antagonist here. Jim's just standing up for himself. That's how I took it. Right. I know. And that threw me off my game because I didn't, I thought it was Brandon and Linda that were together as opposed to like uh, Jim and Linda that were together. Well, cause she plops down on the couch by him and she's like all over Brandon. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. It, 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 the movie just messes with you right from the get go. Exactly. Yeah, totally. No, you're absolutely right. Yes, totally. It totally messes with you. Um, well, then they also have, I guess, Brandon dabbles in the occult because he brought a, a witch board with him. And of course, I love this, how he's got to have like someone who's clean to do the witch board with him. And that just happens to be Linda. So this right. is like one more thing to like rub in Jim's face. <laughs> because- hey, we're going to do this. Which board in front of you? <laughs> Jim is smoking a cigarette and uh, drinking beers and everything. Yeah. Mm. Anyway, so they get their Ouija board out in the little planchette and they talk about how um, it's been around since 500, 540, 540, 540 BC. And so it's gone, you know, the whole concept of this has gone like back since way, way, way back. And people have been doing this for ages. Uh, and they talk about how uh, they've got to sit knee to knee to make this work. I'm surprised that Brandon didn't say she had to take her top off to really make it happen. <laughs> yeah, skin uh, breast to breast. Yeah, exactly, exactly, exactly. Or large hair to large hair. Large um, hair. Because <laughs> the guys were kind of like rocking like an almost mullet too. Did you notice that? Yeah, they. And uh, 
I was wondering if Tawny was actually wearing a wig because her hair was teased up so much that it did not look real. Yeah, I don't think it is. Though. I think that's actually her hair. I think it is. Wow. Defies the laws of she, physics. She was blessed with a mane of hair from huh. the heavens. I'm saying, right? <laughs> right, exactly. So what they're trying to do at the party is they want to make spiritual contact with a little boy named David, who apparently Brandon has already made con contact with this person before. And then Linda wants to know how old the little kid is. Ah, yes. And this is where the, because uh, Brandon explains that the spirits lie sometimes mm -hmm. and, and they're yes. really bad spellers. Yes, <laughs> exactly. Uh, so she asked the age and he says eight and he mm -hmm. says, oh, we got a goodbye. We're, we're not talking to David. So um, at that point, he's like, OK, good. David is the spirit of David is 10 is not eight. So they were speaking to a different uh, entity on the board. And so uh, Brandon, you know, he says goodbye and wipes the board. Mm -hmm. uh, I exactly. guess cleansing the spirit. Exactly. So they try it again. And this time they actually appear to be getting David this time, which I'm like, you're stupid. Do you really think the spirit's <laughs> not going to try it again? <laughs> but they've got a secret code, though. They do, don't they? Yeah. So now they're curious if David will ever return to the living. And then Linda, like, kind of plants the seed of reincarnation. Mm -hmm. And then Jim. <laughs> being the <laughs> macho man that he is, he begins to like antagonize the spirit. <laughs> yeah. And then, um, I can't remember what he asks for the life of me. I, I've got the one line he about the last flight to limbo. Oh, okay. Yeah. And then there, yeah. you know, the board starts doing that crazy figure eight pattern. Mm -hmm. Um, and then they hear what they think is a gunshot almost. Yeah. Yeah. The board flips off and they hear that gun. That, well, yeah. The noise outside. Yes, yeah. exactly. So outside that's when they come to realize that, uh, Brandon's car has had a lot of problems. <laughs> <laughs> and I just put douche tires blown. <laughs> mm -hmm, exactly. Exactly. And then, um, uh, Brandon makes that other dig at Jim again, that he's a drunk and a loser and he's got a, a great family tradition going on. And I'm like, how on earth? Oh, because he was mad about him antagonizing the spirit and making the spirit do that to his car. Right. So apparently Jim's packing a lot of power there. Right. And it's like, I would be thinking like, if Jim is the antagonist, why wouldn't the spirit lash out at him instead of, um, you know, going after Brandon? Exactly. Exactly. Which... What we find out later, it makes sense that he went after Brandon. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yep. But we don't know that now. So, yeah. So your question is very valid. Well, now, so we're in the bedroom of the apartment and Linda's really pissed off. And Jim's in bed and I have he's drunk, hairy and horny. Drunk, hairy and horny. And I also put down that Tawny's going to tear her hair out the way she's like aggressively brushing her hair so hard. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And then... You know, Jim points out that she took the chance by inviting Brandon and that the, and I agree with him. He's like, Brandon started all of this stuff, but, you know, she's still kind of being pissy about everything. Well, yeah, finally, he I, apologizes and, and she accepts it and they start kissing and cuddling. And then. Um, outside of Brandon's place, there's that scene of the board with the planchette and there's a whistle blowing and there's a jump scene. And now we're at Jim's work site. Yeah. And this. um 
the scene leading up to it where he's like, where's my hammer? Mm-hmm. And then his uh, buddy flings a hatchet at the wall. I mean, Lloyd, you, yeah, you just don't do that kind of thing. No, but you know what? Lloyd looks like he would do that kind of thing. Yeah. Well, you yeah. know, I had a, a friend when I was younger like that, who actually uh, we were in my attic and he flung a buzzsaw blade at me. Oh, good Lord. And so it's just like that brought back memories of that. It's like you, just things that you don't do, you know? No, it's right. Just, exactly. Did it stick in the wall? Uh, it did stick in the wall. Yes. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> it was a very sharp one of the circular buzzsaw Holy blades, cow. you know? And um, it's just like, you know, that brought back those memories. I was like, Jesus Christ, man, there's people actually have friends like that that would fling sharp objects. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah they do. And then so like Jim's upset about it. And I love how like Lloyd makes that like comment that like it was a near miss or whatever, but he does in a real stereotypical gay comment voice. I didn't like he's mimicking uh, Brandon, but like making him sound super uber gay. I didn't even catch that. Oh, yeah. Watch it. Go back and watch it. Okay. Anyway, they decide to break for lunch. And then we see that overhead shot of Jim's missing hammer, like up on top of like where they're sitting for their lunch, like way up on the roof. Yeah. Now, is it a hammer or is it a hatchet? Like, see, to me, I would not use the word hammer. To me, I would way more use the word hatchet than hammer. Yeah, because it, it looks more like a hatchet than a hammer. Yeah, it's well, it's like sharp on one side and, and then you can hammer with it on the other side. It's like you could cut or you could hammer. Yeah. You know? But to me, hammer is not the word I would go to. Right. I wouldn't call it a hammer either. Like later on, the detective calls it a hatchet and that's exactly what I would call it. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Exactly. So now we're back at the apartment with uh, this big ass bow and attached to it is Linda. Uh, say what? There's, there's that Linda's wearing that big ass bow in her hair. It's like the size of her head. I did not see that. Holy cow. Like, there's so many things about this fashion that I feel like she should have hung out with Corey Haim. Like, the fashion choices these two are making, I'm like, what are you doing? It's humongous. Mike, I'm going to have to watch that part because I definitely did not catch that. It is gigantic. Anyway, so she's in the uh, apartment, and we hear the answer machine that she's got a doctor's appointment, and then Brandon wants his uh, witchboard back. Yeah, he Um, wants it back. And then, of course, Linda and all of her intelligence decides to play with the witchboard alone and she starts to question David. Yep. Or is she really talking to David though? Like who, mm-hmm, exactly. how does she know who she's talking to? Right. And um, then she's uh, curious about like, can you pick parents? And then she figures out that her tests are positive that she's been taking at home. So she's thinking that she's pregnant. And then it spells out J I M and she determines that he does not like Jim mm-hmm. and that he does hold a grudge. <laughs> Sounds like a spirit after my own heart. <laughs> Even after death, the grudges are still held. Oh my gosh. Yes. I'm going to be grudge happy. <laughs> um, You're going to be like the grudge. No, I'm going to be the grudge, <laughs> but there'll be no hair to hang over my face. So I'll just be making that, uh, but you'll just see my face and my goatee. <laughs> So now we're back with the work site with our overhead shot of the hammer and <laughs> Lloyd and Jim are discussing Brandon. And we find out that they had a, la- a lifelong friendship when they were young, they knew each other and something happened to sever their friendship. Mm-hmm. They were once besties. Once besties. 
um, and that we learned that Jim's parents were alcoholics. And um, Brandon like blames Jim for stealing Linda away from him. I personally think Linda would leave Brandon in a heartbeat for like a pack of gum. <laughs> He's just not the kind of guy I picture her with at all. Yeah. And then he, uh, Jim has that explanation about how when he met her, when he was in med school, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And now it's time to go back to work after their break. But Lloyd just lays back down and a ton of drywall falls on him Holy and crushes him. Crap, man. I, I've did just you, got like death by falling platform here because did it, you, what was your reaction to that scene? Did that made me, that made me jump. It, it brought in vibes of like final destination and final destination hadn't even come out at that point, but I was just like, it was so sudden and unexpected, you know? I could not stop laughing out loud. <laughs> <laughs> just the way his little legs and the stuff hitting him, I, it struck me as funny and I could not <laughs> stop laughing. What was even like, I don't think that's the reaction you're supposed to have, but it just struck me as funny and I could not stop laughing. Oh, so anyway, wow. Yes. So poor Lord is dead. Like they, they pull back the, Jim pulls back the, the drywall and his like little bloody face is laying there and everything. Yeah, he's crushed. Mm-hmm. So now we're back at the apartment with Linda and the board spells ring, R-I-N-G. And so, of course, Linda realizes that it's talking about her diamond ring that is missing. And so she asks, where is it? And it's spelled, it starts to spell V-A-N-G-I-N. And no, it's spelled D-R-A-N, not vagina. <laughs> you spelled vagina completely wrong. <laughs> They spell wrong sometimes. Um, <laughs> I was in character. Um, no, it spells D-R-A-N. Yeah, Duran. And she's like, Duran. oh, yeah, they misspell, yeah. so maybe it's the drain. So I automatically assumed that she was at a Duran Duran concert and dropped it. Right, that's where I would have lost my ring. Exactly. But no, so then she asked, was it the kitchen drain? And it's no, it was the bathroom drain. And the answer is yes. So Linda, in all of her uh, Lindaness runs into the bathroom and she unloosens the drain pipe. But not both parts of it, just one. Yeah. Was that the toilet drain? Because it, no, it looked was the like sink it. drain. Okay. Because oh, okay. it, it was right near it was like so close to the toilet. I was like, are those two connected? <laughs> like that I would not be sticking fingers in. There. I would love it to have a uh, Linda like just <laughs> Go digging in the toilet for a ring. She pulls out a big gob of hair. That's like. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, so what she does is if she if you would. OK, so gravity would have that ring fall to the middle of that drain. If you would unscrew both parts of the drain, you would just tip it over. and The ring would fall out. Yeah. But that's not Linda's style. No, she wants to jab her finger in there halfway and like makes which forces her to lose her nail inside there. And I was surprised so that her finger came out clean. I was surprised that her finger came out like not all bloody. That's what I was expecting. Well, so she can't get it. So she goes to the medicine cabinet and grabs a toothbrush. <laughs> and it's probably Jim's toothbrush too. <laughs> you know it is. You know it is. <laughs> so she puts it in there and she pulls the ring out. She's like, she gets the ring, but then she puts the toothbrush back and she doesn't clean it. Did you notice that? <laughs> I did. She don't care. It's not hers. No. It's not mine. <laughs> yeah. It's like, ah, he'll, he'll just walk it off. Exactly. <laughs> anyway, 
So now she uh, stands back up and then she, as she closes the thing, she catches a glimpse of Jim in the mirror and she like freaks out. And starts oh yeah. Him. She's like having conniption fit here. He and is not doing handling this well. And so then, Jim's taken aback and <laughs> like all Linda wants to do is talk about David. And so J- Jim just like flees to the bedroom and she like, you know, follows him in pursuit. And then finally he breaks, breaks the bad news to Linda. Now, wouldn't you have led with Lloyd's dead? Like, would that not have been the first thing out of your mouth? Yeah, I would have been like, I had a bad day today. Yeah. Well, anyway, so then, then like, she's like, oh, she feels bad about the, the, feels bad about him doing that job because it's too dangerous. And then we get an overhead spinning shot of the witchboard. And then we have Linda waking up in bed. And there's that creepy kid moaning like music because they're not really chanting. They're just kind of like moaning. Yeah, that was weird. It was very hard for me to pick up on until, you know, maybe 10 or 15 seconds into it. And then I was like, oh, that's like uh, chanting or talking or something. Yeah, it's it's almost like we're going to copy the omen, but not enough that we can get sued. <laughs> yes. Yes. So um, she awakens startled and then we hear the sound of her being morning sickness. Um, yep. And then the camera focuses on the witchboard one more time. And uh, is this where we get uh, Brandon doing the the phone call thing? And No, this is where we're at the cemetery. Oh, okay. And I put, what the fuck is she wearing? (laughs) Because she's got that men's like fedora on and those black sunglasses. She she looks like she's getting ready for like a Robert Palmer video or something. I don't understand what she's wearing (laughs) to the funeral. She was hanging out with Corey Haim at that time. Something I think. I'm telling you, I'm not lying to you. That same person dressed both these people for these films. <laughs> um, so a, a person walks up to the couple after everyone has left, after the mourners have left, and it's actually Lieutenant Dewhurst. And he has ah, some questions yes. for Jim. The cop who loves magic. Exactly. Now, before I go on, that's Burke Burns is uh, Lieutenant Dewhurst. Now, he's done a couple of things I want to talk about. He was in a TV movie uh, with Karen Black, who's like a gift to Earth, called The Strange Possession of Mrs. Oliver in 77. He was also in Prophecy, the bear movie, which I love, from 79. Now, I don't know if I've ever talked about this, but like I have a, a huge fascin- fascination with Bo Derek, and she was in the movie 10, which he was also in, in 79. I love Bo Derek in a non, the most non-sexual way that you could love Bo Derek. Um, <laughs> He was in Airplane 2, the sequel from 82. And then he did uh, two episodes of Tales from the Crypt. And No, wait, I lied. I'm sorry. One episode from Tales from the Crypt in 89. And he played a sergeant, Sergeant Clark, in Child's Play 3 from 91. Oh, wow. Okay, yep. so I, I saw Airplane 2, the sequel. I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure I saw the episodes of Tales from the Crypt that he was on. Um, and, of course, Child's Play 3. Yep. So he's he's done his fair share of like horror and other kinds of movies that we yeah. love. Yes. So that's Lieutenant Dewhurst. And like you said, yes, he's all into magic, which I'm always like, to me, if a cop was doing this to me, I'd be like, you know what, let's stop this and just tell me what you want. Because my friends just died. I'm here with this whacked out woman who's like, I don't know what she's getting ready to do. with <laughs> She's going to dance in a Michael Jackson video. Something. <laughs> she, she moonwalks away from the cast. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Oh. So, um, yeah, and he goes in that whole spiel about, like, uh, being in Vegas and seeing Siegfried and Roy. 
and trying to figure out how how the magic trick was done. And I'm yeah. just like, what do you want to know, sir? You know what really? irritated me though when he he said Sigmund and Roy, and I was like, you idiot! It's Siegfried. <laughs> so exactly. Yeah, I, that really yeah. got to me. Or did they do that so they wouldn't be sued again, like with the omen chanting in the Ouija board? Maybe. Yeah. Ouija they, board. Yeah. Maybe. But anyway, like, in that universe, it's not Siegfried; it's Sigmund. <laughs> right. I want to be Sigmund and the sea monsters. But anyway, um, this is where it comes into play that the ropes were severed with a hatchet, you know, causing the sheet, the uh, like sheetrock or whatever, um, to fall on Lloyd and kill him. And they still have not found the actual implement of doom. And Jim still has not found his hammer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And they're putting it together. And then the lieutenant's like, says it's just like it vanished into thin air and he apologizes and walks away. Yeah. So more um, connotations to magic and, you know, that whole, that whole mm-hmm. thing where he's like, something doesn't add up and I'm going to find, I'm going to find out and I'm going to make sure that it's you who's doing it. Exactly. And now a lot of these movies, they kind of verge into that, like, like, crime drama kind of thing where it's like a mystery like they like they interweave they 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 like interweave with each other so you got your horror but then sometimes they kind of tie like like a crime drama element into it and this one kind of does that very minutely yeah with this it, whole like it's he's like a dog with a bone and he's he's determined yeah. to get like the truth out of whatever's happening there mm-hmm. but it's not quite as heavy as like in something like say as uh like when a stranger calls or something it's not as obtrusive into the storyline, mm-hmm. but it's there. Yeah. So now we're home and we've got Linda in the board again. And she's asking the board if he's still angry at Jim. And before anything happens, the, like the board stops immediately and the phone, we get a phone jump scare and it's Brandon wanting his board back. Oh, and this is where uh, Brandon talks about don't use the Ouija alone. And then the phone cuts, I think. Something. Yeah. But first he's got to like, like smack talk, Jim a little bit more because she he asked what Jim's doing and she's like you know he's asleep now he's like that's typical <laughs> and then he asked did he cry you know he's like I've known him since he was seven did he cry and I'm like what are you doing <laughs> yeah it's because they're painting the picture that um he's incapable of feeling any kind of emotion whatsoever mm-hmm. and right. I was uh, yeah, like so yeah. what is he just a sociopath and he's you know he He's just with Linda. He he can't feel love, but he's just kind of like with Linda. She's basically a, a decoy. So like he looks normal or something. I'm just trying to figure all this out in my brain. Yeah, yeah. Now, I don't know if you said this. If you did, I apologize. But the, I, if I'm not mistaken, the phone pretty much cuts off after she kind of questions Brandon about how long did you know David? Mm-hmm. And, and then he's like, you know, have you been using the phone alone? It cuts off. And then we get another scene where she's startled by shirtless Jim. Oh, and she's swearing. And this is the part where, like, I got Mommy Dearest vibes from that, where she's just, like, cussing him out and everything. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> and then she reveals that she's pregnant. And mm-hmm. um, and says she already knows, even though she has an appointment on Monday, she just knows because she's had morning sickness all week. And then this totally explains everything away and jim understands now why she's been hit why she's been behaving the way she has because she's just a raving bundle of nerves mm, it's woman hormones mm-hmm. and then he pulls a han solo when she says she loves him he won't say it back yeah and see that also made me think it's like this guy is like 
is he incapable of feeling anything? And it's just weird. Like the, the kind of picture that the movie paints for you and then it never, it never resolves it really. But I also feel that like, if you put Jim like in the fifties, he would be what every male would aspire to be. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Leave it to Beaver. Yeah. Yeah. Don't show any emotions, Jim. Don't cry. You know what I mean? It's just like, he would be a perfect fifties man. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. So now we have Jim and Linda sleep in their bed and it's foggy and we get the children moaning. Now, did they're any doing of the, the dream sequences? Oh, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say they're doing the Freddy Krueger thing without being Freddy Krueger. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah, they're being ready Kruger. Yeah. Ready Krieger. They're being ready Krieger. So ready Krieger, yeah. Yeah. Um, did any of were you uh taken uh, off guard by any of the dream sequences or did you know right away it was a dream sequence? Knew right away because everything seemed a little slowed down. There was kind of that effect on the camera whereas a tiny bit of blur and it was like, "Oh, this is this is not happening now. This is like a dream." Yeah, none of them really caught me like, oh, I didn't see that, you know, coming. I thought it was reality. Yeah, I just want to get your spin on that. Yeah. yeah. So Jim and Linda are in bed asleep. Um, and did you notice the handcuffs hanging from Jim's side of the headboard? <laughs> <laughs> I saw the ball gag and uh, right. the clown mask. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. We know who wears the pants in the, in the relationship, really. Oh, yeah. She does um, the pegging. Yeah. Yep. The, the glasses and the fedora go on and there's. No holding back. Yeah, she goes um, full full Corey Feldman there. Exactly, exactly. Um, and then so we get those children moaning, and when Linda ascends the stairs um, to the apartment containing like a casket, and the we uh, not, the witchboard is on top of it, and she awakens startled. And I'm like, we all knew that was a dream. Yeah, the wee wee board. Yeah, the wee exactly. Um, so it's a new day, and we have Linda in the board, and uh, she says, "I'm giving the board back today because she's had enough." Mm -hmm. and she storms off into the kitchen. And the board is having none of it. None of it. So we get she's she gets this this sharp knife and it flies to the floor and then that bottle of ketchup just happens to be there and it drips onto it. <laughs> and I thought that was the fun. That scene made me laugh. Like the the sheetrock scene for you. This was my sheetrock scene <laughs> because I was giggling. Oh um, man! Just watching, I was like ominous much a knife lands in the floor and then the ketchup, ketchup magically <laughs> lands right in the middle of it it's like the spirit is trying to tell me something <laughs> i want it more to happen so he's just like messing with her then it's like mustard and, and she stands all the time and it's like mayo and it's like some honey it's like everything she's got to clean up that like would be great it. and then like slices of bread all around it <laughs> Make me a sandwich. <laughs> but instead, we get an outside shot of the apartment. We hear like a woman scream. Oh, yeah. We're back at the work site with Brandon. Um, and he arrives because Jim's phone is dead. And then Brandon begins to ask about Linda. And he wants to know if she's been acting strange because she hasn't been coming to classes. And uh, Jim, and he wants to know if she's been uh, nauseous or she's had mood swings or she's had any erratic behavior or if her hair's gotten bigger. And um, <laughs> he points out that he knows that she's been using his, his uh, witch board and that she is now becoming susceptible um, to the spirit inside the board. Yeah. Because it's it, called progressive entrapment. Progressive entrapment, which is weird. Like, where did they get these, um, these, these statements from? That's what I'm wondering. Okay. So, like in the 90s, there were all those like, um, erotic thrillers there was like fatal attraction and the hand that rocks the cradle and all that 
Mm-hmm. Does progressive entrapment not sound like a title of an erotic thriller? Oh, totally. It sounds like it could be on something, uh, Emmanuel in space, you know? Yeah. Progressive, so progressive entrapment. entrapment. Yeah. Progressive entrapment would star for me. It would probably have to be Alec Baldwin and Dirty Kim Basinger in progressive <laughs> entrapment. Okay. I'm thinking Sean Connery. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my God. And who's the woman I've got to know. I've got to know. <laughs> um, it would be okay. Sean Connery. And let's see it. Uh, Catherine Zeta Jones. Oh, good. Very good. Um, Very good. or Kim Basinger. Yeah. It, ha- it would have to be either like Catherine Zeta Jones or Kim Basinger. Okay. Yeah. Progressive entrapment coming soon. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. So that's great. Thank you for playing along with that on me. Um, <laughs> so, and that's where the spirit begins to frighten and terrorize, um, uh, the victim. And then once it's done, it will possess her. <clears throat> yeah. Cause all uh, her defenses are broken down at that point. Now, I don't know about you, but once I am dead, I will for sure possess someone with that much hair. Oh, totally. Yeah. Oh my God. Yes. And so, all I will do is like <laughs> blow it dry and comb it. And I will like do every hairstyle I possibly can. Having been robbed of my hair at the tender exactly. age of 25, I mean, of course, man. I'm shit. finding someone just like Tanya and possessing her. <laughs> <laughs> so now, um, then Jim makes the comment that he uh, that he's living with Linda Blair, which I'm like, how cool would that be in theory? Um, and that makes Brandon angry, angry, and he wants to bring over an, a medium to exercise the house. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then this is where Jim uh, drops the pregnancy pregnancy bomb to Brandon. And, and yeah, Brandon's like, then Brandon, he fucking blows a gasket. Mm-hmm. He's like, you don't even love her. It's like You're just using her. You, mm-hmm, you're exactly. incapable of loving anyone. Exactly. And then the worker pops in. He's like, there's a phone call from the landlady. It's Mrs. Moses about Linda. So Jim, uh, talks to Rose, Rosemary, who I love so much. She plays Mrs. Moses. And just real quick, Rosemary, I know her from the um, Dick Van Dyke show. She was on that from 61 to 66. She did 158 episodes of that. That's um, definitely where Rose. I know her from then. Okay. And then I don't know about you, but I worshipped the monkeys. I love that oh, show so much. Oh, shit. She was on there too? episodes she played her character was millie she did two episodes of that okay yeah dude i was such a fan of like dick van dyke and the and uh also the monkeys all of those shows were on nickelodeon at that time okay yeah see when i caught them they were just on regular um just tv tv but okay. i remember them being on mtv too but i mean nickelodeon yeah well actually mtv showed the monkeys for a while too when they were trying to get back into like right around when like uh prince's album around the world and in a day came out that whole like like 60s 70s revival thing came out Mm. anyway but this i thought was really cool because i did not know this at all so gus van zandt he when he remade psycho like shot for shot in 88 okay movie do you remember this okay she did the voice of norma bates but she was uncredited for it oh wow i thought that was awesome that is, I would not have even, because I thought, <laughs> I thought that was, I forget the guy who played Norman Bates now. I'm sorry. Oh, uh, what is, uh, oh, no, um, is it Patrick something? No, 
Um, Hang on. Oh, as soon as I look it up, I'm going to know it. Um, My goodness. Oh, Anthony Perkins, right? Oh, yes. But I'm talking about the remake one that Gus Van Zandt made that everyone got mad at him for. Oh, I don't think I've ever seen the remake then. With Anne Hesch playing the role of uh, that Jant Lee played. Okay, definitely. No, didn't see it. And then Julianne Moore plays her sister, but she plays her as a lesbian. Nope, didn't see it. Oh my gosh, you're kidding. Everyone hates it, but me, I love it so much. Um, what is his name? Here we go. Oh, Vince Vaughn. Vince Vaughn plays the Norman Bates character. No way. Way. Wow. I love oh, Vince the, Vaughn. He's awesome. And then what's his name is also in it. The one that uh, Cronenberg <clears throat> loves so much. Oh, Viggo Mortensen's in it as well. Okay, I'm going to have to watch this version. Uh, yeah, I mean... You could tell me what you think of it. Everyone hates it, but me. I love the thing so much. I it does not bother me. That's like a shot for shot, you know, redo of it in color. I'm fine with it. But anyway, she does the voice, so now you'll be able to figure out that that's Rosemary doing the voice. Oh, sweet. Yeah, because uh, in the original Psycho, didn't Anthony Perkins like voice the mother as well? Because I had read somewhere a long time ago that he was actually oh. doing the voices of his mother. And really. That's yeah. I don't know if it's true, but I like that's what I read. Oh, quite that's a while interesting. Ago. Yeah, I, I don't know either way on that how to comment. That's interesting though. Huh. <laughs> All this time I thought it was Gwyneth Paltrow. <laughs> She's like, bring me a candle, Norman. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Well, anyway, so she, um, um, Linda, Linda tells Jim that it's David, and he used to be so nice, but now he's not. And then she hangs up and Jim agrees to the, they, he hangs up and then Jim agrees to let the medium come over. Okay. Now we, you and I are going to have to have a talk about this medium. Okay. <laughs> what, before we go though. So the medium we're going to talk about is Zarabeth. Yes. All right. Can and, I, can I just say who the actress is real quick? Oh we'll yeah. Get yeah. Out of the go way. for it. Yeah. Okay. So it's Kathleen Wilhite. I believe it's W I L H E I T E. She was in like a ton of movies that I love. She was in Angel Heart from 87, which I love that movie. Are you a fan or? Um, don't know. You don't don't think I've be. seen it. Saw, saw Roadhouse, um, Fire in the Sky. Yes, but. Okay, so you've never seen it with Robert De Niro and um, Lisa Bonet? <gasps> oh, wait. I, mean, I might have seen that, but I. Okay. Yeah, I just I barely that remember. One. That was where like Lisa Bonet got naked. Yeah, and, exactly. Okay, yep, definitely yeah, saw and, that. And and hypocrite Bill Cosby gave her trouble for it. Anyway, um, <laughs> she was in Dream Dream Demon from '88, and then in Twin Peaks in '90, she did one episode. She was Gwen Morton. Um, Fire in the Sky, which I love. Do you like that one? Yeah, I like that one. Oh yeah, and then she also. Oh, speaking of erotic thrillers, she did Color of Night with Bruce Willis in '94. Ooh, one of my favorites. Me too, but for different reasons, I'm sure. Yes, I'm yeah. sure. But it's a fun movie, isn't it? I like it movie is. a lot. It's it's so twisted. It is. Yeah, I love it. I love. You know what? I don't know about you, but I just like love those whole erotic thrillers because they're just so over the top and <laughs> bizarre <laughs> and unrealistic. But I eat them up like candy. Yeah, I don't know. It was there was something about Color of Night that really did it for me. It was like the way that it was maybe the way that it was shot. And how it's like you never because you're in a room full of like people with issues and it could be anyone doing like the killing, you know, exactly. And exactly. it's just like it, it really hooked me. And I, I was like, yeah. I love that movie. 
Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm right there with you. Now, just really quick, we won't get off on a big tangent. Have you ever seen the movie Identity? Oh, yeah. We talked about this before. Okay. I thought we did. Yeah. Okay. We don't have to talk anymore about it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Thank that's a, with John Cusack and, mm-hmm. yep. Yeah. Okay. And Gwyneth Paltrow. Gwyneth Paltrow. Um, <laughs> no, she's not in it. I'm joking. Dirty um, Gwyneth okay, so, Paltrow. Yeah. Um, so you want to talk about Zarabeth real quick, the, the yeah, medium here. I, I actually, I want to talk about her outfit choice. <laughs> and again, we're talking about, this is Hollywood's idea of a new age um, spirit medium dressed by Corey Feldman and Corey Haim. That, See, now that's my I pictured, thinking. I pictured the, uh, the person that dressed her actually, like if you looked like just out of camera shot, you would see Cindy Lauper beaten to death with a bat <laughs> nude and Mary Beth wearing everything she had had on. Oh, gee. <laughs> tell me I'm not wrong. You're well, I had not, not even thought of that. Yeah, okay. Cindy Lauper, Madonna. And, um, mm-hmm. I'm sorry. The name escapes me from, uh, the Eurythmics. Annie Lennox. Yes. Okay, all three of those people, like mash them mm-hmm. into one person, and that's who you got. Yeah, it's 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 something else to behold, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, Boy George. Can't forget Boy George. Pretty much anything from the 80s. If you just want to throw it in there, you won't be wrong. Right. <laughs> Seriously, just throw it on in there, people. Yeah, and uh, it's, it's just like another poor choice of, like, outfits. It, it, I don't even know if... To me, I wouldn't even say poor. I would say bizarre as hell. Yeah, it's like, it's okay. It's just strange. From from one point of the movie, it's pretty damn serious. And then you, like the entrance of the medium, it just becomes like tongue in cheek at that point. Yeah, it's like, are we are we doing ghosts? Is this like Whoopi Goldberg again? <laughs> you know, it's just, it just is so out of left, left field for yeah. this film. It's, it yeah. really, it, it does throw you for a loop because you're like, wait a minute. So this is a comedy now? Okay. And I believe that she has quite a cult following, if I'm not mistaken. The Probably, character yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, so anyway, so here we are. We're in the apartment. We meet Zarabeth. After looking at her, Jim is certainly not convinced. And then, you know, out of the bedroom comes this mess of hair. And underneath it is Linda. <laughs> it seems like the hair gets bigger and bigger with every scene. I'm telling you, I think it's like if you go back and watch it, the more she becomes, what was it? Uh, progressively entangled or whatever it was. Yeah. Her hair, her hair gets bigger. It it seems like that. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's, I think if you go back and watch the more she gets entrapped in the spirituals, the, the spirits like claws, her hair gets bigger and bigger and bigger. <laughs> it's like the, the, your possession makes your hair grow. So you're going to have to get possessed. I know. So clearly I do not have the devil in me. Or you did have the devil in you. <laughs> It got so big, it just (laughs) fell out. (laughs) You had a little too much of the devil in you. Right. Now, okay, I want to address the stack of beer cans. Ah, I was going to ask you about that. You know, so, yeah, we're on the same page. Okay, so did they set this up for the, like, the the spiritualist encounter? Yeah. Was it, like... You didn't hear so, like she was like, thank you for setting thank you for setting all this up for me. After she looks at the beer cans, I'm like, why would you need a wall of beer cans like that? Okay, but so now how much notice did they have 
are they all drunk now? Or do they have friends drink the beer? Do they just go around and scour trash cans? Or is it something they had laying around? Or did they collect them from the party that night? Yeah, I don't know. It's so weird. Okay, I just thought that was very odd. Anyway, so they darken the room and all four of them have a seat around the table. And then she she uh, makes some joke and she calls it her crystal ball humor. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's like, just kidding. I don't carry a crystal ball. That's a little oh. medium humor for you. Exactly, right. And then so Zarabeth kind of goes under and then she gets that like weird voice. And Brandon asks, who are you? And she says that I'm David. <clears throat> and then uh, Brandon questions her again. Do you know me? And she, uh, she, he, whatever, because she's like channeling David. She's like, yes. And I was 10 when I passed away. Um, and then, uh, we find out David's terrorizing Linda because he's angry about Jim and that she won't talk to him anymore. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. at that point, I wonder if that was actually David or if that was the other spirit posing as, um, posing as David's just Mm -hmm. to cause a little bit more entrapment there. Exactly. And then this is where Brandon says he's going to take the board with him. And then, you know, channeling David. Zarabeth says that, you know, she'll, she'll go and she, she'll leave uh, Linda behind. She doesn't, didn't mean to hurt anyone. And she says goodbye to Linda. And then of course, Linda is like, no, David, wait. It's like, let this go. Like, yeah. let it go. <laughs> Just let it go. Yeah. Let it go. But she can't, she can't let it go. And the cans flip over and the flames like shoot up from the candles around there. And those like, they were like strings with like, what did it look like broken mirror to you? What was on the string? I thought it was bells. I'll have to watch that. Bells. Again. I bet you're right. I think you're right because there's like a little chime. I bet you it was bells. I bet you in the, all the money in the world, it was bells. I think you're perfectly, perfectly correct on that. Um, and then uh, she kind of snaps out of it, Zarabeth, and she says that David has left on his own. Yeah. And I wondered if that was the reason why they stacked the beer cans up. So like for some reason, the spirit, goes through the beer cans to leave the place. <laughs> Honestly, I don't know, but in my notes, it was like, why are the beer cans set up that way? And then at the end of those notes, like after the, after the medium wakes up, it's like, ah, so that's the reason for the beer cans. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. Um, makes zero sense to me, but again, so do many things in this. Um, and then of course, Linda's like, maybe I overreacted. And I'm thinking lady, let it go. Um, so Brandon says he's going to take the board. And then uh, Maribeth charms us with more, or Zarabeth, I'm sorry, Zarabeth charms us with more of her psychic humor. And then when she leaves, she says TTFN, which stands for Tata for now. Right. And that actually showed up quite a bit, especially in Buffy, because the uh, the first evil would say that. And then uh, Buffy questioned, she was like, what does TTFN mean? And somebody else brought it up there like that's something that tigger used to say um ta-ta very, for yep. now. i didn't know that either and while it's like tigger says that he's like i'm surprised they, that disney didn't sue them <laughs> they're just gonna get sued by everyone everybody all right so we have jim and linda alone in their bed and it's nighttime now but now we see brandon driving zarabeth home and zarabeth asks if uh malfader means anything and david i mean um Oh, and she asked if David was Portuguese. Yeah, because she said something about that she's glad she didn't have to exercise that spirit because it was it would have been a really nasty process or something. Mm-hmm. Exactly right. And so they ar- arrive at, at Zarabeth's place, and uh, she 
tells Brandon, you know, don't go home and go right to bed because she wants to do some further investigating and she'll call him later. And then she walks by that really sharp sundial. Oh, man, that was that was just like beyond foreshadowing right there, you know. And then I don't know if you caught this, but like some really bad music played just then. There's some really bad music in this movie and some of it played right then. I put in um, when she got in the house, I put in obligatory heavy metal music for. Yeah, um, (laughs) yeah, but not good. Did you think it was good? Uh, No, I I was just like because you brought to my attention that they use like um, strange heavy metal in certain like yeah. either at the beginning or the end of movies sometimes. And I was always watching out for that af- ever since. And I was like, aha, there it is. <laughs> there's yeah. the, there's the heavy metal music. Well, and also, and I know you can't do this with people. It's not fair to do, but the way she looks, she would not listen to that in my mind. No, I would think like she's more of a, a new wave. Um, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. New wave kind of person. Yeah. I would not put that on her playlist, but anyway, so um, uh, she actually finds the answer she's been looking for in a book, but then something happens and she freaks out and she flees um, from something unknown up the stairs. Yeah. And then uh, did you get a, f- uh, when she flipped open that book and there was like the tall man with the beard there? Go for it. Um, and I was like, that's who she was talking about. That's who she was looking for. Mm-hmm. Um, but I didn't know at the time exactly who or what it was, but we find out a little bit later. Um, now, and so that I was like, aha, that's the, you know, that's the spirit. It's not a little kid. It's somebody posing as a little kid. Mm-hmm. Now, did you get, cause I know the gentleman you're talking about has a beard in the film and his hair is kind of different, but did you get Angus scrim vibes from the guy? Um, no, I, is that his name from phantasm? You know yeah. About, yeah. Right? The tall man. Yep. The tall man, yeah. No, I didn't get Angus Scrim okay. vibes. Okay, I guess it was the suit and everything and how he really didn't talk very much. He was just kind of like this ominous presence and it just kind of reminded me. Yeah, of I can see tall. where you get that from. But it's um, just, um, it, since the beard, like Angus Scrim didn't have a beard. And mm-hmm. so when I think of the tall man, I just think of like somebody wearing an Undertaker's outfit and being really tall. Yeah, yeah. All right, I, I was just curious about if if you got that or not. Um, so now she's inside. I, I think her bedroom. Did you, did you not agree? It felt like a bedroom. Yeah, that, I think that was a bedroom. And now the door is like shaking and um, it startles her and she screams and she's struck with like, I believe it's a sword because she had a lot of swords like up around her apartment. Really? And then she, yeah. It was she a sword? Out for, yeah, I'm pretty okay. sure it was a sword. Uh, uh, well, okay, let me wait a minute. I'm not sure. I don't know what hit her, but it was something that sliced her throat. I know what hit her and so do you. So hang on. Oh, wait, are you sure? See, because it's mentioned. Yes. Hang on. So something hits her across the neck and she flies out and becomes impaled on the sundial. Okay. Now we're at Brandon's place and he's watching the TV and the news gives him the basically on the, the news on air gives him the bad news about what happened. And when he opens the box, he realizes it's just a chalkboard inside. Um, with like shopping lists and chores and stuff written on it. So he does not actually have the board in the box. It's still back with Linda. So there's a point somewhere in the movie where it's mentioned because the detective comes back to talk to Jim because the cut on her neck was made by the same type of tool that cut the ropes uh, that held the the sheetrock that 
fell on Lloyd. Oh, yeah. The, the ghost yes. has his hatchet. Yes, his Molly hatchet. <laughs> All right. It's so now um, we're back at um, Jim and Linda's apartment, and Brandon rushes to Jim, who's shirtless, um, to explain to him what he thinks is going on. And he's saying that David wants Jim dead. And the box that he had was empty when he got home, like we just talked about. And that he believes that Linda's already fallen under the progressive entrapment. Yeah. And what was, uh, so did Linda put that weird looking chalkboard with like the shopping list inside of the box? See, I don't know. Like, was she possessed and she did it? Or is that something like, does the spirit have more power? Because, you know, she didn't throw the knife on the floor. She didn't dump over the ketchup. So right. if you can do that, could you just exchange the board for the chalkboard you know the, the which board for the chalkboard right that's I what know. i was wondering i was like is she uh, completely addicted that she says okay i'll give you back your uh witch board but mm -hmm. then there's like a chalkboard in the box yeah she just swapped it yeah yeah i mean because really it's not i don't think it's completely answered so it's kind of ambiguous it could go either way i think yeah it's like is it the spirit or is it her because she's not mm -hmm. herself right or is her hair sentient like medusa and <laughs> the uh Marvel universe and it just acts on its own. Or that episode of Tales from the Dark Side where the guy gets the toupee and it's um, you know, it's possessed. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. We you know what? Any of these are acceptable answers, and I'll go with all of them. Any or all. Um, but so then um it's they're assuming now that Linda is a portal for David. And Brandon has decided that he's gonna go up to Big Bear to check out David's story. Yeah, the, um, to find out the place where he died lying. and everything. Exactly. Um, and then Brandon feels responsible. And then Jim now has on an open shirt, but it's not buttoned. So we still see chest hair. Yeah, and he's got a lot of, lot of chest hair. He does. Looks like thankfully. Austin Powers almost. Well, let's not get gross. <laughs> um, but I was thinking he would be a poor person to play buttons with because they're all open he would have to button it up first before we played buttons. <laughs> oh that's a callback right there <laughs> um uh um and then jim of course he says he's not buying all of this but he wishes brandon good luck as he departs and then out, that's out the, outside the window of the apartment where jim notices um that the lieutenant is kind of sitting in his car kind of like watching him from below yeah, see if he's doing anything sketchy, or just to check out his hairy chest. We don't know. Yeah, he's got the binoculars, and he's got a a book of uh, like here sweet here suit or however you say that. Yeah. Um, yes, exactly. <laughs> here suit men. He's got he's got pictures of Ron Jeremy taped to the dashboard. <laughs> <laughs> Alec Baldwin. <laughs> oh, okay. But back in the apartment, and I wrote this down. There's stupid Linda messing with that board again. I know. Just take it away from her at this point. Like keep her and the board away from each yeah, other. Yeah, she is addicted for sure. Mm -hmm. um, and she calls for Jim and the bedroom flies shut though. And he can't get in. And um, then she starts like flinging around back and forth. Very a la the exorcist. Um, <laughs> I thought that was hilarious. Okay. I was laughing was. at that part. It was <laughs> like, what convincing. is the ghost making her sway back and forth like that? Yeah. It was not very convincing. So finally he kicks the door open and then she's unconscious. And uh, Mrs. Moses calls an ambulance. Uh, and then Jim throws a board out the window. Yeah. Which 
he did it kind of like a frisbee because it landed perfectly in the trash can. Oh, of course it did. It's not going to be harmed. And now we're in the waiting room and the lieutenant is questioning Jim about Zarabeth's uh, death. And this is where it was saying the same marks is on Lloyd's rope. And uh, Jim still hasn't found his hammer yet. Mm-hmm. So, okay. So I, I felt this way every time I watched the movie. So here we go. Now we're at the hospital. I feel that the actress, and I don't mean to be mean, but she is the most awkward actress in the world portraying the doctor. I just, she just seems like she's just reading off cue cards and she's not convincing. I just, she takes me way out of this movie. <laughs> I guess the doctor was barely memorable for me because honestly, she didn't even register. Oh, see, to me, I, that just, every time I watch, I'm like, oh my gosh, there's that doctor who cannot act. Um, like if someone told me she was a real doctor and they pulled her in off the streets, I'd be like, yes, thank you. Now it all makes sense. <laughs> all right. But what's happened is Linda has a minor concussion from being swayed back and forth too hard and she's not pregnant so she's got like baby uh baby bones and organs and she got shook a little too much and got a concussion from that i guess but she's not pregnant she's not with life she's never been pregnant never been so now we have the hospital room scene with sad jim and unconscious linden linda and then we're back at brandon's place and then jim arrives and he says he's going with brandon um, and Did, I thought this was odd with it. He like leans into Brandon and like does that with his two fingers and like rubs the side of his cheek. Did you notice that? Like kind of brushes his hair away and rubs his cheek. <laughs> um, no, I didn't see that. Oh, okay. Maybe I didn't. <laughs> um, but they're going to head to big bear and they're going to hightail it to the public library. And then, um, they do that whole microfish search and they revealed that uh, David was killed in a gasoline explosion on a motorboat and his parents are John and Betty Simpson. Okay. Yeah. And then mm-hmm. they actually try to locate them through the phone book. And it did not help. So they decide to head to a cemetery, not to look for their graves, but to find someone who might have some information like yep. the caretaker. But it was nighttime and nobody was around. No, and it was so foggy. It was so foggy. I, that was like the cemetery from uh, Return of the Living Dead. Totally. Like, why are cemeteries always so foggy? So foggy. Yes, exactly. And I'm like, you couldn't see anything anyway, so why would you bother looking? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, it would be like a needle in a haystack to find anything as dark and foggy as that was. But they did it anyway. Right. You got to go swinging your arm around to get the fog out of the way. Right. So they jump over the wall. And I don't think Jim even had a flashlight as far as I could tell. I know Brandon did, but I think Jim was just running around like willy nilly in the dark. <laughs> there were no iPhones back then. So <laughs> no, I think he was just running around. Um, so, um, uh, oh, and they, uh, there's like dog barking in the background, everything trying to make it real ominous and everything. Um, and to me, that scene of Brandon, like walking through the fog with just the little beam of the flashlight took forever to end. It did. They lengthened that. Like they just yeah. wanted to play that out. It padded the runtime. Um, <laughs> so we hear this twig snapping and then Brandon slowly turns and then Jim's hand is on his shoulder and it startles them. And this is where Jim reveals that he's found David's parents and they were on the tombstone. They had died two weeks ago on the same date. Wah, wah, wah. Yeah. And so we, mm-hmm. so we know it's not the little boy going after his parents. Exactly. And so now we're back in the motel room. And apparently um, the hotel room only had one single bed and they have to share it. 
they, they um, had a major bro moment in that hotel though didn't they didn't they, they <laughs> didn't they yeah because um jim's like what happened to us we used to be like like brothers and and then brandon's like things change people change uh and he realizes that you know jim didn't steal linda he's always just been jealous yeah and then jim mans up and he confesses that he worries that he can't love anyone and he just ought to get out of linda's life um I wish you would have said, I, I, I wish I could get out of her hair. And I'd be like, no one could get out of Linda's hair. Um, There's no escape from that hair. Right. And then he makes a comment that he makes her laugh. And Brandon's like, so did I. And Jim's like, yeah, but only in the bedroom. I and thought that laugh. was great. I, yeah. And they laugh perfect. and the tension breaks. Um, and then there's a morning scene where like they're both in bed and the sheets just like tucked under their armpits. So, you know, they're like naked underneath there. And he's um, uh, one of them's got his hand between the two pillows. Yeah, and they have the two cigarettes, and he hands the one lit to the other one. <laughs> but anyway, um, we have uh, the hospital scene, and we have sleeping Linda, and she wakes up uh, by a disembodied voice chanting her name, basically calling her. And she pursues that uh, voice down a deep, dark hall, and it's like, Linda, come here. And we get our jump scare. She sees a reflection in the glass. And that's not a 10-year-old boy. No, it is not. It's Malfador. And he chops off her head with an axe and she awakens screaming. So now we're back on the boat dock and the two have, um, um, two have, they, uh, they gotta, they want to contact, <clears throat> excuse me. They want to yeah. contact David to, uh, figure yes. out what's going on. Well, and they realize that while Linda's asleep, because she's supposed to be in a comatose state from her concussion, that David can't do anything. But no, what's actually happened is Linda's checking herself out of the hospital. To go back home and use, yeah, the, and use the witch exactly. board. <laughs> right. She's like, I got to get to that witch board. Um, so now we're back at the dock. And then we have the two gentlemen and they're doing the, excuse me, the witch board themselves because they bought a new one. Mm -hmm. They had purchased a new witch board. It's not the old one. It's a new one. And then David reveals that he's not been terrorizing Linda. And the board spells evil. So David was at the party and um, the, uh, the first time, but he didn't kill Lloyd and he didn't kill Zarebeth. Yeah, he's and just he guilty of- speak through her. Yeah, he's yeah. just guilty of popping the tires. Right, yes, right, right, because he was mad, but that's all he's done and he did not speak through her. Um, and they spoke to evil. And then so he, they find out that evil is another powerful spirit who pushed Jim out of the apartment. Wait, who pushed Jim out? Of, who wants to push Jim out of the apartment? And they realize that it's Lee. It's been Malfader all along. Sorry. Yeah. Didn't okay. they, didn't he bring up like, who is this evil? And um, did he say, is this Malfader? And then the board said, yes. Or am I screwing that up somehow? I don't know. Okay, I but anyway, know. the yeah. he says it, evil, and then he spells H E R, and so right, he's and like, like, "Who's her?" Yeah, who? Yeah, <laughs> he's like, "Do you mean yeah, Linda?" And he's like, "No." And, and uh, the board, yeah, the board gets all like agitated and like flips and everything, and then they realize that they he misspelled the word again. It's not her; it's here. Yep. So the evil yeah. is here. Yes. And then so they lose contact with David and then uh, these like barrels that are behind them, they kind of just 
come undone and they roll off, knocking Brandon into the water. And then Jim's knocked unconscious onto the dock. Mm -hmm. um, I immediately thought it had it been Tawny, it would have just bounced and ricocheted off her hair. <laughs> fine. Her hair would have grown like tendrils and just pushed them away like they were nothing. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, but uh, while Jim's unconscious, we see that a hatchet has planted itself into Brandon's forehead, his Ooh, skull, basically. My goodness. Yeah. Yeah. Hatchet to and the then, head. Right. It's pretty, pretty gnarly. And then the board's just floating on the water while groggy Jim awakens. And then we get a POV shot of Jim on the deck calling for Brandon. Yeah. And did you get the same kind of ick factor that I did where the water was like all seaweed green and everything? And then um, Jim yep. is Jim goes You're to dead. wash the blood off his face. Exactly. <laughs> his face is all bloody. So he staggers off the dock and like kneels down by this gross, gross, what like seaweed water. Yeah, I'm just like, don't don't wash your face in that, please. Well, at first, Walt's like, is he going to drink that? <laughs> I'm like, I hope to God not. But he doesn't now. Oh. Okay, so while he's doing this, a hand comes up and grabs Jim's shirt. Yeah, and then we see we see Brandon. He he pulls Brandon out of the water, and Brandon's whole face has been cut open. And I'm like, hang on a minute. He just got a hatchet to the forehead. How how did his entire face have that gigantic slash in it? Well, and how long was Jim out? And how did Brandon stay alive so long and then just long enough to die in his arms. Yes, that too. <laughs> and then the song, I, I just died in your arms tonight. Exactly. <laughs> that starts and playing. This, and this big car pulls up behind him and then Tawny jumps out and just rides all over the <laughs> Oh, but man. No, in, instead, we're treated to the a circling POV shot with the creepy kids moaning again. Yeah. Were they saying, so, thou shall not kill? I think something like that. Yes, I think you're right. Yeah, just I, I can't take stuff like that because it just seems so forced. Yeah. And like made like sh shoehorned into the movie. Do you know what I mean? It's like it's not like a song they found that would go for the movie. It was just something made to fit into the movie right there. It just drives me crazy. So now it's nighttime and we have Linda looking through the trash cans outside her apartment because she's jonesing for that board. <laughs> she's got to get her fix. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Oh, and then we get that POV shot like from outside her bedroom window looking into it. Yeah, that's creepy as hell. Yeah. And did you notice in this scene she's using the planchette like upside down? No, I didn't now, notice like, that. Holding it the right way. Yeah, so I guess it doesn't. But anyway, and so she questions David about... Uh, she questions David about Jim's whereabouts. She wants she wants to know where he is, um, and she but, gives up in frustration. She pushes the board away and screams, "Bastard!" Yeah, because the board isn't responding to her now. Exactly, and now she's mad. Um, so we're back at the psychic shop, which I'm assuming they picked the board up from first that they were using, not the original board, but the board they were using on the dock. Oh, the green one. Okay. Yes, and this is where they find out about Malfador. In the 1930s, he killed 19 people, and then, cue the music, This his residence is where they live right now. The yeah, because the cops, place. the cops killed him in his, inside his home, and his home was right there. Exactly, exactly. Go figure, Rob. Right, who would have thought? Who would have thought? Um, so now we're in the shower, and Linda is being burnt by hot water, and she can't get out. The doors won't open. Is it almost as if they're locked by a secret identity? 
So she has to bust out and she tries to flee the bathroom only to realize that she's trapped inside the bedroom. Yeah. And I was completely distracted by that shower scene. I'm sure you were <laughs> how big her hair was. Um, and then there's like a, like a, the robe removal reveal, reveals that the board was like hidden underneath it. <clears throat> and then she sees Malfoy and then she screams. Yeah. Then, oh, did you notice? Um, yes. When she smashed, I don't know if it was from smashing the glass to the shower, but like on along her side, like on under the ribs, there were a couple of scratches there. Oh, interesting. I did not. Yeah. And I was like, I was did still she looking at get... her hair. <laughs> okay. I was like, did she get cut by the glass, like trying to break through the shower? Because she did have like two big red gashes. And I was like, holy was crap. Huh. Interesting. Yeah. But so we got a new day and we have Jim arriving uh, to a trashed apartment and Linda attacks him with an axe and she's not, she's clearly possessed. She's not Linda anymore. She's wearing the Corey Feldman gear. Yeah. What's up with that? <laughs> I don't even understand that. Anyway, she barely misses Jim's head with an axe and the two have a tussle and she's winning actually. <clears throat> and I put down it's the power of her hair. It's the power. <laughs> and did you notice that that was the second time that an axe came close to like taking off his face? Yes, exactly. Him and axes do not get along. No, he he should just not have hatchets anywhere near him. Anywhere near him. So he's got this knife and like Linda's almost like goading him. She's well, okay, we need to say this too. It's not Linda's voice. It's Mal Malfador's voice coming mm -hmm. out of her. Yep. Yeah. So she's like goading him on. She's like, go ahead, James. What are you waiting for? And Jim's like, I love you. Now, is this him actually accepting his homosexuality do you think <laughs> he's come to grips with it because he thinks he's talking to brandon yeah yes in the form of malfador <laughs> acting through linda um so anyway uh then linda starts pretending the spell's broken only to mutter it's um what'd she say it's, it's not, not that easy it's not that easy that's right yeah and then jib stabs her in the leg and frees himself of course that's right when the lieutenant both burnt busts open the door with his gun drawn and then Mrs. Moses behind him with all the other tenants, like in the hallway, like peering in. So it looks like Jim did a number on Linda. Yeah. Like, and what the hell happened to that house? Did like, did Linda go through with the hatchet, just like hitting the walls and clipping furniture all night? Uh, yeah. I have no idea. I, I have no idea. <clears throat> it's the weirdest thing. It's like, let's just mess up the house to like make it look demon possessed. Yeah. It so was weird. completely messed up. <clears throat> yeah. It's bizarre. So um, now uh, Lieutenant Dewhurst confesses that he believes that Jim killed Brandon and Big Bear, and he goes to offer Linda a hand up, and then she throws him into the bookcase, and there's a standoff again between Jim, who's got a gun, and Linda, who has a fire poker. <laughs> fire poker beats gun. <laughs> right, right. Uh, but yeah, she's a... And I don't know if I would take the spirit at its word, because it's it's Thank spouted you. so many lies. It's like... Linda was never the portal. You're the portal. So how could Jim be the portal if he didn't, you know, he didn't even open himself to that world. Whereas Linda was like constantly using the spirit board on her own and mm -hmm. just exactly. like, exactly. Yeah. So I don't know how much I believe of that, you know? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And then he's saying that he's the one that the spirit is terrorizing by killing all of his friends. Mm hmm. Well, okay. He didn't like Brand. Well, like clearly he and Brandon until the very end, didn't get along. Right. He didn't really care for Zarabeth. No, right? he didn't even know her aside right. from like Brandon bringing her over. 
Yeah. Exactly. And who else died? Wasn't there someone before? Oh, he did like Lloyd. That's the only one I would say was his friend was Lloyd. Yeah. And I I wouldn't exactly call that terrorizing. No, no, I would not. I'm right there with you. I would not, not at all call that. But anyway, um, so, uh, and then like uh, Mal, Malfador starts like kind of taunting Jim to kill Linda to close the portal. Mm-hmm. So Jim raises a gun to his temple and um, Linda's like, like Malfador through Linda's like taunting him. Like, you know, Is it worth it? And then Jim fakes like the suicide only to turn the gun on the board and, um, and then fire <laughs> <into> the board. <laughs> which that gave me some evil dead vibes right there because the board is spinning in the air. It's like, yeah. (laughs) And then, so of course, Lieutenant Dewhurst, you know, awakens just in time to see it all. And then Linda's back to normal. Thank goodness. Uh, And then Jim (laughs) flies back out backwards out the window in the longest shot ever. Yes. Did I, I always, I was thinking like, did he get pushed? Like how the hell did he end up in that slow motion Hans Gruber falling shot? You know, I think what it is, is like the spirit leaving the board pushed him because, okay, stick with me here. Where, where he was standing was that not where the cans were. And I think the cans and he were in front of the windows. And I think they were saying that the spirit used the window as like an exit point. I think. Okay, I don't remember that, but I think I'll go with you on it. Yeah, I think um, the shot. There's two movies the shot reminded me of. One where um, the detective falls down the stairs in Psycho, and the other one in, from the movie Ghost Story. Um, and I don't remember exactly what happened in that, but there's that long, like the guy just falling, 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 and it made me think of those two movies. But that shot, like, went on forever. Yeah, that did. I mean, that was even longer than the shot in Die Hard, where um, <clears throat> where Hans Gruber fell off the Nakatomi building. <laughs> yeah, to me, this felt a lot like the uh, cemetery and flashlight scene. It was just a way to pad out the runtime. Yeah, yeah. And so then, we, so we get oh. tricked. We get tricked here. Thank too. you. We do. You want to? You want to go for it? Yeah, because uh, we're cut to a church and it looks like everybody's mourning. Mm-hmm. Um, and they they kind of play that out for about 10 or 15 seconds before we see that James and Linda are getting married. Mm-hmm. He's sporting a neck brace, but he's alive. Yep. Um, yep. And they're getting married. And is that the end? Um, well, no. Well, it's kind of, but not really, I guess, because okay. they're they're leaving the door open because I didn't even know there was a witchboard too, but they're leaving the door open for that where there's a a young woman cleaning the apartment with the landlady, mm-hmm. and uh, she comes across the Ouija board with oh, I said it. <laughs> oh no, they're gonna be after us. Rob. She comes across the witchboard with uh-huh. uh, full of holes, and she wonders if it still works, and um, she throws it in the trash but not before the planchette mysteriously points to the word yes. Exactly. Now, in my mind, a bullet hole ridden witchboard is not going to work because half the letters have been shot through. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and then it ends and the cheesy music starts. And I believe it's called Bump in the Night is the song. And I thought it was just atrocious. See, I shut the I shut the TV off right after that, you know, oh, when it cut to the credits. You miss the good stuff. And at the very end, this was, uh, they dedicated to Christopher J. Um, Penny, which I believe is probably 
his father, I'm guessing, or I don't know for sure, but it was dedicated to some to a tenny. Oh, related to Kevin. Yeah. But we have lived through Witchboard, Rob. We did. We we made it. We survived it. We survived it. Now, did you enjoy Witchboard? I did. Oh, good. Would you recommend it to someone? Absolutely, I would. I mean, <laughs> it was a completely different experience from the first time I watched it in the mid-90s. But I have to say, like, revisiting it as an adult, it made me cringe in some ways, you know, at the scenes <laughs> we were talking about. But well, also, it's like this uh, this supernatural murder mystery kind of thing, you know? Um and for what it was, it, it was good. I enjoyed it. Yeah, it's uh, don't go into it expecting like gore because no. I think you'll probably be disappointed. Um, There's almost no like you get the hatchet face scene yeah. and like a couple other things like the sundial scene, but mm-hmm. it's not like super heavy with all that. No, not at all. You'll be disappointed with that. Um, the The whole thing is kind of like, a, and, and I do not mean this in a bad way because I love these kind of things, but the whole thing's rather kind of like a cheesy, kind of silly. Yeah. Uh, but I, that's what I love about it. Well, um, I love those goofy movies. This wasn't yeah. heavy handed with the goofiness, but it, it was cheesy, like you said. Yeah. Um, it's it's full, full of people making poor decisions, like <laughs> chock full of that. Um, or one person making very poor decisions. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but it's, it, I thought it went really quick. Like it's not something I think you'll be bored in because it just pretty much gets from A to B really fast. Yeah. It I does think. not drag out at all. Mm-mm, no. Um, and it's just, I mean, it has a bit of the nudity for the, the, uh, purveyors of the female form out there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's got the one, it, one very long shower scene. Exactly. Um, I, I just think it's eighties fun. You know, it's just goofy, silly. It, you know, like if you were having a party and you just want to have people over and throw in a movie, it would be one. This would be one of those kind of movies. You don't have to really pay close attention to it. Just yeah. You, you know, whenever the the witch board pops up or her hair, just watch it. <laughs> I think uh, you could make a drinking game out of that. Oh, you wouldn't make it through the movie. Yeah, you would definitely. not make it through the movie. <laughs> That's the whole point. It's like, uh, how many times does uh, Tawny show up with even larger hair? Or, exactly. You know, yeah. something like yeah. that. Oh man. But uh, so are you, you're glad you watched it. You'd recommend it to someone. I feel the same. Um, I think that wraps it up for me as far as Witchboard. Do you have any other comments about Witchboard? Um, there was one thing that I wanted to bring up. It's about the oh. house. Now, when, you know, in that dream sequence, when she's walking up the stairs, it yes. really looked like it was shot in the same stairway that house was you know, house was shot because it, I really love those big expansive homes where they have those giant stairwells and it just looks like you got little nooks and crannies here. Mm-hmm. And so I was completely thinking that this was from house, but actually this was used in waxwork and Willard from 1971. Uh, it's since been retired as a filming location, but I didn't huh. see the 1971 version of Willard, but I did see like the later on one where it's played by, uh, what's his name? Crispin Glover. Yes. Crispin Glover. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Now I grew up on the first one. Like that was on TV all the time. And I would watch that like a fiend. I loved the original one. Okay. Was it still, did it have to do with like him being in control of rats and stuff? Uh huh. Okay. Yeah. 
And yeah, and his boss was like awful to him. And I believe he lived with his aunt, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, so it wasn't yeah, his it was mother. Just basically, everyone was like really horrible to him. Okay. Now, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but you're you're kind of a fan of the Lords of Salem, aren't you? Um, actually, no. That was one. Oh, that, sorry. That was one that kind of turned me off. I am like a uh, Devil's Rejects, Three from Hell. You know, gotcha, those gotcha. movies. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. The reason I ask is because um, the same person, um, Bruce Davison, who was in Willard, he played Willard, was also in Lords of Salem. I was just going to point that out, but then never mind. I'm, I don't need to do that. <laughs> okay, yeah. I couldn't, honestly, I couldn't even finish watching the movie because I did not understand it whatsoever. Gotcha, gotcha. But yeah, that's the same actor. Um, well, okay, so now talking about the house. Mm-hmm. It was big. Okay. But I didn't think it was big enough to house all the people who were standing in the hallway towards the no, end. No, it definitely didn't look like it could be turned into apartment buildings. No, I could kind of buy, okay, maybe somehow, you know, Mrs. Moses and Linda and Jim live there somehow, but not Linda and Jim, Mrs. Moses and all the other people in the hallway. Like, <laughs> right, do they, right. Do they get like one room and that's it, you know? Yeah, yeah it, did not, like, mm. it did not look like it could have all those people there. Yeah, no. Yeah. But anyway, that's just being nitpicky and, and it didn't hinder my enjoyment of the film, but it's just one of those things I'm like, I don't think I'm buying this people. Right. It's just one of those things you think about after the movie's over and you're you're kind of processing all the stuff that went on and you're like, wait a minute, how could that happen? Right. Well, and don't they I would imagine they have to have like residency permits. You can only have so many people and like the apartment for Jim and Linda, was that zoned for like three? Because her hair, to me, would count as a different <laughs> occupant. Her hair is like one of the one of the three stars of the show there. You exactly, know? exactly. It gets its own fan mail. <laughs> it could actually open it up by itself. I totally could. It totally could. So um, now next time, I believe it's going to be Ghoulies. Am I correct? I think so. Yeah, um, I'm excited about that one. Yeah, I don't have the list. So if you could send me the list, because I, ha I, I have the list and I can send you the list. OK, so good, I'd be happy to do that. Yeah, yeah, I thought I had it. But after after this episode, I don't have any more listings. So I can do that for you. All right. Very yes. Good. Very good. So uh, now if you want to get a hold of me, I am always lurking around Instagram at the Midnight Mass Creature Cast. Um, with, his, with his What's trusty hatchet. Yeah, with my trusty hatchet. Yes, with my trusty hatchet. And you can you can reach me there. And um, then Rob. Yeah. And if you want to get in contact with us in other ways through email, you can hit us up at mmccpod at gmail.com. I mean, we would really love to hear from you. If you've got a movie recommendation, if you want to yell at us because maybe we got a scene wrong, um, you know, <laughs> whatever. Or even if you just enjoy the show and you want to reach out to us. I definitely would love to hear from you. I know Mark would because yes, it, yeah. you, you just want to love talk it. Tawny hair with me. Yeah. You know, just feel free to, I could talk about it for hours. And like, maybe you guys can order some Tawny wigs, you know, that would be amazing. I like how you think I don't have one. That's very. very right. Right. I, I'm not giving you enough credit here. Right. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> um, and then, so I am so happy that you stuck around because I feel the more, the scarier. Yeah. And, we will see you next time for Ghoulies, and until then, I hope you stay spooky.